Good morning and welcome to Sabbath School at Spencerville Church once again. We're so glad that you continue to join us. However, if this is your first time joining us, we are now on Lesson 9. We're on Lesson 9. That means there's eight back lessons that you can watch, and we'd welcome you to, encourage you to go, to go view those. I want to tell you that, that Lesson 9 uh, is a challenge for a dis- from a discussion angle, and we'll maybe touch on that a little bit more. And that's where this book, I think, would really be helpful for you. Uh, and so I want to encourage you, if you have this book, to make sure you're reading those chapters because it gives some further insight into some things that I think would be beneficial to you. There's a lot of facts and a lot of information, good information, but as far as the discussion goes, there are uh, some challenges on those things. We've heard from some of you that you are thoroughly loving these, these gatherings. We appreciate that. Some of you disagree slightly with some of the things we, we say. We're okay with that. Uh, we're speaking from our conviction, and we want you to be fully convicted by your study as well, and to let the Holy Spirit speak to you and convict your hearts uh, as you do your study also. Frank, thank you again for my pleasure for, cho- for being here with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of out of bad things comes good, and we would have never never thought about this thought about doing mm-hmm. this study this way. And yet, uh, we're hearing from so many people that that, that God is using this to bless mm-hmm. them. Uh, Praise God to to bring some clarity to some things, mm-hmm. uh, and that God is using them also as they're helping them to teach others in their own Sabbath school time. And so we praise God for for that. So thank you for participating yes. in that, and we thank you as well for joining us. I'm going to, as we do always, ask for Frank to lead us at the beginning in a word of prayer. Gracious God and Father in heaven, we ask for your presence and your guidance. Send us your Holy Spirit as we think about your word and the meaning of creation in the Bible. And we ask that you will help us to understand the significance of your creation for our lives and our beliefs more fully. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you mentioned several times in your prayer there, creation. And we're now on a second lesson regarding creation. Uh, The last lesson had maybe some more controversial topics. We are not hitting those in the same way this time. Um, But one of the things I, you know, and we've talked about creation in, in other ways throughout our, our mm-hmm, study of this. Mm-hmm. And someone may say, wait, I thought this was a, a, a study on how to interpret Scripture. Mm-hmm. And you all keep going back to, to creation. creation. <laughs> but there's a reason why we keep going back to creation. And that's where we're going to begin today. All right. And that actually is in, in your lessons at home on page 77. And it's <clears throat> May 28, page 77, Thursday's lesson. But we're going to start there as okay. we begin this discussion. Let's start there. Because the reason why, Frank, we go to Scripture over and over again is because the Bible writers go to creation over and over again. And not just the Old Testament writers, but the New Testament writers. And so I want us to begin by looking at a few of the passages in the New Testament that draws back to creation. And then I'm, we're going to tie this together because... Because, again, we're talking about how to interpret Scripture. And if the, if the writers of the Bible continue to focus on some key themes, yeah. then we need to do that. So why don't you talk yes. about that a little bit? Um, 
Before we look at a few specific texts uh, yeah. in the New Testament, let me just say this. Um, I think it's significant that the subject of creation is a reoccurring theme throughout Scripture, not just in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Here in the lesson we have basically New Testament passages, yeah, yeah. but if you read the Psalms, if you read the prophets, you will find a consistent and, and repeated um, emphasis and reorientation back to creation, mm -hmm. where God is acknowledged as the creator God, where God is described as the one who created the world and human beings. And this is a reoccurring theme throughout mm -hmm. scripture in the Old and in the New Testament. We can, we can even say that it is a uniting theme yeah. that unites Old and New Testament. So the New Testament writers, they did not bring up anything new really. They picked up where the Old Testament writers uh, started yeah. and they unfolded even further. And some of these passages are mentioned here on Thursday. Yeah. So why, why is the subject of creation so important for our theology, for the interpretation of scripture? Mm -hmm. I think it gives us um, significant insights into many, many biblical teachings yeah. uh, for our ethics. Yeah and for our relationship with our creator God. And with our fellow man. And with our fellow man, yes. Mm -hmm. So um, in Acts 14, for instance, uh, verse 15, uh, there is an interesting passage uh, where the, the New Testament um, makes reference to um, creation. Acts 14, 15, um, here, um, Paul says, men, why are you doing these things? We also are men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news that you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Mm. A clear reference to creation yeah. and to the dignity of all human beings. Mm. We are men like you. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's talking to men in a different culture, in a different setting. And often we have the tendency and uh, have to face the, um, the challenge that, uh, you know, whatever is not familiar to us, we, we are skeptical. Yeah, yeah. We don't think they are on the same plane, on the same level. And he says, no, if we are all created by God, if he is the creator of heaven and earth and everything in it, and as human beings, then we human beings have value. We are all of the same blood. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that you're saying that, Frank. Uh, you know, I didn't think we'd have anything to discuss maybe in this lesson, but now that you brought this up, I, I, I really appreciate this point in this, that, that Paul is going to these men who, if you read in that chapter, they're, they're worshipers of Zeus, right? Mm -hmm, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're pagans. Mm -hmm. This would mean that there are things in their lifestyle, there are things in their worship, there's things in their theology, there's things in their, uh, in, in probably their practical everyday living that would be totally offensive mm -hmm. to a Paul and Barnabas, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Would be totally offensive to us. And yet he approaches them with respect and dignity, like you said. And, and he points out their value to him 
because he sees them as equally created by God, yes. no matter what they believe yes. and no matter how they're living. Right? It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what culture you live in. It doesn't yeah. matter what color of the skin you have. Yeah. The color of our blood is all the same. All it's the same. red. And we're all created the same. <laughs> we are all yeah. created the same, yeah. And, 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 and so, so, you know, this would say to us, there should be no room in the body of Christ for racism. Yes, you know, absolutely. That we're, that we're all equal. It, it would also say to us, tell me if I'm wrong here, that when we go to discuss beliefs with someone, you know, last time we talked about sexuality. Mm -hmm. Last lesson we talked about those who are, believe in evolutionary theory. That we should still, even within those discussions and to those people, um, bear in mind that they are created by the same God that created us. Yes. And, and our love and our respect for them should still be, be there, even if we don't always respect their beliefs or agree with their beliefs. Yes, yes. I, I fully agree with that. So it, it, it would really change the way we witness. Oh, it would. And it will. And, and it would change the way we talk about the Bible with people. Rather than trying to prove someone wrong, we would have a dialogue of respect. And yes, with, yes, and absolutely. And, and it, it, it's actually, it, it makes us all equal. Yeah. And uh, it shows us that with God, there is, uh, there is no preference yeah. of this um, of this culture or that culture, yeah. of that human being or that human being, yeah. in his side, we are all his children. We are all created beings, created in his image. Yeah. There is something, though, else in there, uh, in, in 14 and 15, though, <clears throat> specifically in regards to... Um, he, he, Paul asked the question, why are you doing these things? Mm -hmm. He's wanting to draw them back to the foundation of Scripture, though. Mm -hmm. So again, even though he's coming to them as respecting them as fellow human beings, even though their culture is different, even though their beliefs different, even though their way of operating and doing life is different, he still is asking them to consider the foundation of Scripture. Yeah. And, and that's important for us in our discussion as well. The foundation of Scripture, and it also the passage also uh, tells us something about the generosity and the kindness and the love of God, because it goes on that even though these uh, people have had uh, held uh, wrong ideas about mm -hmm. God, he says in past generation, uh, he allowed the nations to walk in their own ways, not in God's ways. So he, he gave them the freedom yeah. to do that. And that is, some, that, that, that is something that is beautiful with God, even though he doesn't support what we are doing at times, but he grants us the freedom. Yeah. And uh, then the next verse. Is and then the too. next verse. And he did not leave himself without witness, for he did good by giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons, satisfying your hearts with food and gladness. And and so it tells me something about God that we can learn, because he is our Creator God. Yeah. He cares for us, and he cares for us, and he bestows his blessings, even though. At times, we choose to go ways that are not pleasing yeah. to him. And he, he still tries to reach out to convince us. It shows us the patience of God. You know, yeah, the, the text that says, God is long-suffering, not yeah. willing that any should mm -hmm. perish, but all should come to repentance. I mean, it shows us this because he, 
He, he's allowed you to walk in your own ways. He's given, he's given you freedom of choice. And he could say, you know what, this is what you chose, I'm done with you. But it says, but he didn't leave himself without witness. He continued to try to reach you. And the way he reached you was, and, and the next verse, he didn't try to reach you with like anger or wrath mm-hmm, or mm-hmm, condemnation, mm-hmm. but it said he did this by blessing you, yeah. by giving you rains, by giving you a good harvest, yeah. by giving, I mean, it's amazing. Well, we, sometimes, we we, you know, sometimes we have really a, a strange and distorted picture of God and the nature of God. Uh, seeing him as a wrathful, angry God that tries to, and loves to punish immediately yeah, when yeah. he sees that something goes wrong. But I'm, I'm reading the prophet Jeremiah for my own personal devotional study mm-hmm. right now, and it just amazes me when you read that. It's, it's not an easy book to read. No, because the, we, the weeping prophet. <laughs> the weeping prophet, and you read, you know, how persistently and repeatedly and again and again they chose not to uh, follow the invitation that God gave them. Mm -hmm. And they chose not to accept his prophets. And uh, and it just tells you something about the long-suffering of God. Mm -hmm. And yet, then we read that that he is sovereign. And there comes a point when he says, well, I'll I'll accept what your decision is. Your final decision, yeah. The final decision. And if there is really, if there is nothing to be saved anymore, if if that point arises, then he will act and uh, do whatever needs to be done. But until then, he uh, repeatedly and persistently approaches the people. And and even those that he sends into exile to Babylon, Mm -hmm. He has not forgotten, but he blesses them and yeah. gives them a future. And that is amazing to me. Yeah, he's, he says, go there. You know, the, the most, one of my pet peeves, the most uh, misquoted or misapplied, Jeremiah 29, you know. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, and you'll hear people all the time saying, mm-hmm. that's my favorite verse because mm-hmm. I know the Lord just wants to give me all good. And if you read the context, he's like, look, you're in this bad spot. Mm-hmm. But here's the plans I have for you. Ultimately, I'm going to bless you. Mm-hmm. So right now, what I want you to do mm-hmm. is be a blessing to the community you're in. You know? Which tells us again, just like you pointed out, that the context in which a passage is situated is so important to really understand its meaning yeah. rather than using it out of context. Out of context. So is there another passage that, that in, this, in this list that, that you are oh, there? To? There are many. We could, we could look at many things, but... Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about John 1 and uh, Ephesians 3, 9, uh, where God is, uh, is described as the Word, yeah. as the one who created everything from the beginning, and that he created all things. And it just, I think that is so important because uh, it not just gives dignity to the human being, but it, it gives meaning. Mm-hmm. to us human beings. I mean, where do we come from? Where do we originate? Is, is it just blind chance? Yeah. Is it just uh, uh, something that is uh, not planned? Yeah. Or is, is there deliberation yeah. behind that? In, in regards to that, what the Bible does over and over again in those texts, as, as well as the one we read in Acts, is it's... it's telling us ideas, the scriptures are telling us ideas, and it says believe these ideas because they are from God, and it references God as our creator. Over and over again, why do you believe our words? Because they're from God, and who is God? He's the creator. So, so when we present the Bible, if we were to say, we're going to present the Bible as something you should believe, but 
but void of God as creator, then we've taken out the very argument that was the foundation of so many of the Bible writers mm -hmm. for why others should believe them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In Acts 14, as we were just reading, believe the Bible or believe what we're saying or hear our words because there is a God that created you. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. foundation again and again. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's, that's why, you know, isn't this about how to interpret Scripture, not creation? Well, how you interpret Scripture is the same way the Bible writers interpret Scripture, yes. which is through the lens of God as creator. Yes. And there's, there's something else, you know, we, we can talk about the interpretation of Scripture and just focus on words, and we've done that yeah. in sentences and grammar and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's fine. That is important. But then there is something else in Scripture, and that, that is that in Scripture you have running themes, themes that run from Genesis to Revelation uh, that uh, reoccur and give you a perspective on things. Mm -hmm. And creation, I think, is such an important theme in Scripture. It tells us something about God, who He is, how He is. It tells us something about ourselves. It tells us with creation the fall and the need for sin. redemption. Yeah. And uh, in the end, the recreation of a yeah. new world yeah. and everything. And, and, and that, that story, yeah. that theme, you know, of creation and recreation. And... He's the creator of God, so, so he, we belong to him. And that means we are also responsible to him. And we, we, have, we, have, uh, we have been given responsibility by God, and, yeah. and, and we have to answer him yeah. for that. So, so we can't just live as, yeah. as if God did not exist, but he wants us to live in such a way that we give glory to him and that we are accountable to him. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. Uh, and... You know, I have not seen the importance of that theme through every aspect, I have to admit, as much as I've seen it in us studying this, and how important it is for the, the idea of creation, not just in believing the Genesis story, but believing the entirety of Scripture, you know, because I've been one that hasn't really struggled with the creation thing since maybe I was 18 or 19 years old, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. 96 I think is when I had some of my struggles, but since then, hasn't really. So it hasn't been in my mind. But this is show this 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 theme, as you say, throughout. Now, I'm going to shift us topics a little bit. All right. Here. I want to go back to Wednesday, because as we interpret Scripture, uh, Frank, we can get caught up in sometimes some foolish debates. Now, I know that Wednesday isn't fully about that. Wednesday is about the genealogies in Genesis chapter 5 and Genesis chapter 11 and how they confirm the history of Scripture. And I know that's the direction that, uh, that uh, I, you know, I can tell from the writing that this was written by your cousin. So uh, <laughs> uh, I know that's the direction that, they were, that he was going. But he, there's a question asked at the bottom of page 76 for those mm -hmm, that are, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. though these texts in the Old Testament are there for good and important reasons. What does Paul say in 1 Timothy 1.4 and Titus 3.9 that we need to heed when talking about such texts? Yes. And, and I think it's important for us to cover these for a minute because I do believe that we get ourselves in the messes sometimes when we're talking about various aspects of the interpretation of Scripture. And so why don't we look at... Um, 
Now, be that. before we do that, allow okay, me to, to briefly uh, address something that is touched okay. upon here in this lesson, because I think it's important. And then you're, you're the you, author, so no, you, no, can, no, you, no. Can, you can touch upon anything that's you fine, want. That's fine. That's <laughs> fine. But, but you, you, you zero in on something that is really important and significant, and uh, we, we all struggle with that yeah. in one way or another, and I'll come back to that. But before I do that, you know, um, creation tells us also something important about our understanding of time. Yeah. Not just that the Sabbath was instituted in creation and gives rhythm to our daily lives, yeah. Uh, it also tells us that in biblical thinking, time is linear. Mm. It's not cyclical. You know, in, in many ancient cultures and, uh, and um, people would think about um, time in cyclical measures where the same repeats itself over and over again, mm -hmm. over and mm -hmm. over mm -hmm. again, and there is no progression. Uh, the Bible has a completely different understanding of time, and that's where these chronologies come in, yeah. because they tell us that there is progression, that there is a beginning, and yes, there is an end. Yeah. And it's not just the same. While there is repetition of some sort, yeah. it We definitely moves. repeat the mistakes of the past, but that's not what's... <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. But, but we move towards a goal. We move towards an end. And there will be an end at some point, and the Bible talks about that. And those chronologies help us to see the beginning and the moving forward in God's plan throughout history so, with different people towards that goal that is described in the scriptures. Let me, let me ask then, if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is that the Bible was from beginning, when God started inspiring the Bible, there was a, there was a, plan of, of how he's going to lay this out to give us clarity. Yeah. And, and that the genealogies uh, bring some sort of structure to that to show that there is, that we're moving in a direction. So, so God's not just rambling, telling stories, but there's a clear path like a good storyteller, he's taking us on to get us to a specific place. Is that yes? There, I mean? there is a clear path, and there is more to that, uh, Chad, because it's it's not just a matter of uh, of calculating dates and things like yeah, yeah. that. You know, it's a matter of how you live your life. Mm -hmm. Because if you know that time is short, mm -hmm. and if you know that there is an end coming, mm -hmm. then you live different in the now. Yes. But if you have the impression that everything is just cyclical, repeating itself over and over, mm -hmm. then I live today as I will live to tomorrow and nobody cares and, and there is no purpose in life and there is no direction in life. But if I say that I'm part of uh, a, a larger picture and I'm part of uh, a movement yeah. that is moving towards a certain goal yeah, yeah. and that I know from Bible prophecy and other things, that we are not at the beginning of yeah, this yeah. earth history, but towards the end, yeah. without uh, having to pinpoint the exact date for yeah. that end. It gives me a different perspective of how I want to live yeah. and how I want to share the things that God has given me. And so this understanding of time affects my way of, of, of living, my lifestyle. And, and it also affects the, we don't. We no longer think just about our immediacy, the cyclical. Like, okay, today is the same as yet. You know, Groundhog Day. 
you know, we lived, there was that old Bill Murray movie that like do the same thing over and over again, over again. Yeah. Uh, and not until he realizes that he has to change does th do things get better, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, but we start thinking about our lives having a larger impact. And I would say even beyond our life, because like even just when you said that, what popped into my brain was it matters how I live for my kids, not just for when they're adults, but for when they have kids and mm. when their kids have kids. There's a responsibility. Which I would never maybe see, but yes. what I do now, just as, as, as the things that were done in Scripture way back then still have an impact on me and who mm -hmm. I am now, mm -hmm. what I do now has an impact. We really should see this better because, I mean, American history, you and I were talking about this off camera just, uh, you know, in a previous week about how Americans respond to certain things and that's built into us from back in the 1700s. That kind of rebellious DNA of you can't tell me what to do, you know, <laughs> that's, that's built into us. And, and that's what you're saying, right? That, mm. that, that our, our history now is a part of this grand design and has an impact even in the future, yeah? Yeah, not that everything is determined, predetermined yes. no, 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 by no, no, God, no. but we are part of a larger history and that, I think, gives meaning and significance to our lives and to what yeah. we do. In fact, that would go against predetermination in the sense that, like, how I live now will have an impact just in the sense of, like, it sets, helps set a course for things. So. Yeah. Now, with that as a background, yeah. let's turn to the passages that you yes. referred to. And maybe you can read First uh, Timothy 1, 4. Yes, and I, I can read Titus 3, 3, 9, then. Well, I'll start in verse 3 of First Timothy, mm -hmm. give context. As I urged you, this is... Paul writing to Timothy, when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine, nor to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies which promote speculations rather than the stewardship from God that is by faith. Yeah. Break that down for us, Frank. Well, just a little bit. There, there is an interesting word uh, that Paul uses there. It's the word myth, mythos. Yeah. And uh, this is a term that describes stories that uh, circulate and uh, exist mm -hmm. that really are mythical in nature. They, they, they don't have a historical basis. Mm -hmm. They are made up by people. Yeah. They're very powerful stories, yeah. very influential stories. But he says, what we find in the Bible is not myth. Okay. It's not mythology. It's, yeah. it, it, it's a different nature. It's a different character. It has a historical uh, reality to it. And yet, he says, we should not start speculating about some of these chronological questions. And uh, this is really, there, there is wisdom in that word, and, and I see that all the time, because there is, um, there is a temptation, you know. If, if you know that history moves forward, yeah. and if you know that there are definite uh, time prophecies in Scripture, yeah. You know, you can get so so fascinated with that. You can get so focused and zeroed in on that that you you try to pinpoint every detail and every little something. You get lost in the minutia, and you get lost in the minutia, and you get even lost um, in in the broader picture of things, and and you bring in an emphasis yeah. that that um, agitates. <laughs> <laughs> and and leads to to schism in yeah. the church, you know, and to to strive and and controversy yeah. rather than 
uniting us in the broad picture to, to those things that the Bible point out. And, and Titus, in Titus chapter 3 and verse really 8 and 9, mm-hmm. seems to give us the context of, adds to that context, in that if you get caught up in those things too much, you'll no longer be working for God. Yes. Because in verse 8 it says, you know, make sure that people believe they're being they're devoting themselves to the good works, to the, to the things that they should be doing for God. And these things are excellent and profitable. Yeah, the, the, the works of God are excellent and profitable, but avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels. He's saying, like, if you're spending all your time fighting, and let me just say this to our church. We can learn something from this. <laughs> yes, preach it now. So I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm not going to say what subject, but if we spend all our time fighting, then we're not doing the work we should be doing. And, and we can get into some debates about the Bible in our interpretation of Scripture, mm-hmm. and it just sends us off, and no longer are we doing the works which God says are profitable. Am I okay with what I'm saying here? Yes, and while we, we might uh, get about um, different discussions on various aspects of Scripture, actually, often the problem is that we put ourselves more at the center than Scripture. Mm. And, you know, I think I found some, some new light. Yeah. And nobody else has seen that. Oh, that makes me important. Yeah. Oh, that, uh, that uh, tells me I, I am some, some, somebody, you know. Some, and, uh, I'm a little and, smarter than you. And uh, I need to point that out. And if they don't follow, then um, I have to set them straight, you know. And, yeah. and it makes me a judge over other people. Yeah. And I think that is the danger that... Uh, uh, Paul points out yeah. to Timothy and to yeah. Titus. The genealogies are great for showing history. They, they give us context of time and show us that we're on a journey, that, that we're not cyclical, that there, is a, that there is a direction that God is moving. And, and there, just as there is a beginning, there is going to be an end. But in the midst of pondering all these things, yeah. And understanding what is to come and what has been in the past. And, and don't stop doing the work. No, and here's, here's, here's another important thing. You know, some, there are some things in Scripture that are very clear. Uh, Daniel 2, if you go to Daniel 2, it's very clear. Yeah. Daniel 7, it's very clear. Yeah. Uh, even Daniel 8. But when you come to Daniel, Daniel 11, 11. <laughs> it's, a, it's a difficult chapter yeah. by any means, you know. And, and it, it has to do with biblical interpretation and historical facts and even chronological facts yeah, and, yeah. and things like that. And people can get so um, focused on these details yeah. that these details become so important that the clear picture that is there uh, diminishes yeah. and, and fades into the background. And those details become so overall, so important that, uh, that there is an imbalance, I yeah. think. Uh, and, and that is something that we need to learn, especially when it comes to prophetic interpretation and those prophetic aspects yeah. uh, that are not fulfilled yet or that we, yeah. uh, we don't have a clear biblical interpretation yeah. for. I think we have to be humble and we have to acknowledge that uh, we are all learners yeah. and that on some passages we struggle and and uh, we need to, to admit that we don't have all the answers to every detail and question. Yeah. Otherwise, the interpreter elevates himself to be the prophet 
to tell us what, what, yeah. what the meaning is, yeah. and then um, we have distorted the picture, yeah. uh, really. The quotes at the end of the lesson uh, kind of address that. Mm -hmm. um, one, I would just say that she says the Bible is the most comprehensive, most instructive history, which I agree with. Um, but she says, I have been shown that without the Bible history, Bible history, geology can prove nothing. But then she says at the end um, that we should be cautious when men leave the word of God in regard to history of creation and seek to account for God's creative works upon natural principles, they are upon a boundless ocean of uncertainty. Just how God accomplished the work of creation in six real days, he has never revealed to mortals. His creative works are just as incomprehensible as his existence. And I would say that, that even beyond creation, that there are things in the scripture that are difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. And we should take Jesus' own words, where Jesus said to the disciples, or said, said at, the, is it at the end of the book of John, where he said, there's more I'd like to tell you, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you, you're not ready Yes. You couldn't handle it. You, you, <laughs> That's right. You couldn't. Yeah. And, and so we have to be sensitive on that with, with we people. We have to be sensitive. And I, uh, the, the good news is we'll have a whole lesson, a whole week dealing with Bible difficulties. Yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah. look into that more in detail a little later. But I think uh, God has, perhaps God has placed some of these more um, challenging passages in Scripture because... Um, they give us an opportunity to, to study the Word. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and to learn and to grow uh, that we would not have if we had all the knowledge. And I was just getting ready to wrap up, but I just thought, but what you said, I'm going back to something you said, that, that there's this progression. Let's go back to two things you said. One is God allowed people to kind of go by their own choice in certain ways, but he continued to try to reveal things to them over time. Also, there's a clear direction in the scriptures, right? And, and we see a clearer picture of certain things in the New Testament. And when we maybe re hear Jesus quote something from the Old Testament, now we go back to that place in the Old Testament, we go, oh, that brings more clarity to what that was saying, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. there's, there's this idea, though, that, that, that some of the things that we may not understand is because God's not yet ready for us to understand them. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. and we're not talking about getting new prophecies and time prophecies and all that. I'm just saying that, that as we get closer and closer to the end, more and more is revealed and, and understood in many mm -hmm. ways. Is mm -hmm. that, am I accurate in that? I think that, uh, that we are increasing in understanding and knowledge yeah. and that we will grow. Yeah. Uh, and at least that's the hope we have. Again, to summarize, you know, yeah. Ellen White's prophetic word that, that, uh, yeah. that we... None of us should say we have all the truth. We should continue yeah. to, to look for that, that truth. And sometimes, there. just to pick up on, on something you said, sometimes over history, uh, over the course of history, because of our human sinfulness and heart-heartedness, mm -hmm. God allowed for things that really are not his ideal. And so Jesus, when he talks about marriage, which was created in, or yeah. instituted in, in, in creation, he says... Well, but how was it in the beginning? In the beginning. So, yeah. so the beginning is really the so norm there's divorce. for... there's divorce, but how was it in the beginning, right? 
This is not so what the I hardness. Prefer. He he. Yeah. Yes, we have a reality there, but he says, but look how it it's, it all started, and yeah. and that sets the pattern for how it should be, and that gives us hope in the grace of God to work within our own sinfulness. Mm -hmm. But it should not. We should not be presumptuous about the grace of God to mm -hmm. continue in yes, that sinfulness, yes, right? Yes, yeah. we, we want to make sure we, we, yes, we yes, say that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so for what, we want to give those of you that are, that are struggling hope mm -hmm. that God is, even yes. can work within your struggle. But, it's but we don't want you to presume upon mm -hmm. the fact that I can just keep struggling and yes, it doesn't yes, matter, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, we want to go to God and, and trust him to, to make us new creatures in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I will end on that. This is lesson nine, right? So mm -hmm. next week we come back and we'll do lesson 10 and we hope that you'll join us for lesson 10 as well. Uh, and we pray that you'll be blessed. Remember, don't just take what, what Frank and I have discussed here. Go to the lesson and most importantly, go to the Bible for yourself and spend some time studying. And the more you study the word of God, uh, the more you will love it. That is my promise to you. Yeah. Just give it a try and you will see that to be true. God bless you and we God will see you. you next week.